Welcome to another episode of Middle Ground with JLE LLC, where we treat you like family. That's the theme song, Detroit Love, off my first album, The JLE Experience. It's the season nine season finale. Another great guest for you today. We have fellow Wayne State University alum, a special education service provider for Turning Point Academy and Detroit Public Schools Community District, Crystal Richards. Welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. I appreciate you for doing it. First question, what led you to this path? Are you referring to the path of education? I can tell you that uh, I have wanted to be an educator ever since I was 10 years old. I I just had a love for books and reading and writing. I used to write stories and I just used to really like school. Some people called me a uh, a nerd when I was younger. Then then life happened. but I, I always wanted to be a teacher and I never wavered and I kept on, I got continued until I became one. Okay, awesome. Um, next question. What is a special education service provider for someone who don't know? So a special, special education services provider is, that it has different names. It can fall under the case manager I provide the special education services. They can consist of, am I going to modify your instruction? Am I going to, you know, uh, reread something to you? Or to provide special education services and accommodations. Okay. And, and it's, we, have, we have, now the teachers are responsible for uh, you know, building Medicaid, but there's things that I provide, um, helping students obtain summer jobs, uh, you know, helping students create resumes, instilling in the students the importance of, you know, high school completion. That's why I specifically like I prefer to, you know, work in high school. Okay. And. How long has Turning Point Academy been around? Because I never heard of that one before. No, Turning Point Academy, the reason why you haven't heard of it is because it had many names. Okay. Okay, so that's first. At first, I hear that it used to be referred to as McKinney Vental. This is before my time. I'm sure I'm probably okay. still in school, you know. Um, so it definitely precedes me. Um, I never heard of the Turning Point either. But one thing I knew, one I was at, I knew that I was going to work at Detroit Public Schools. My mm-hmm. heart is with Detroit. Okay. Um, it's there. Uh, and I live in a suburb, not by choice. Now, I would say by choice now. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's kind of cheaper here. <laughs> but But not by choice. But what I'm saying is, I did not choose to live outside of the city. I prefer the city because when I was living in the suburb, uh, I was living in a surrounding suburb. I used to live in Oak Park at one time and things happened there as well. So I feel like this is, it might be more of it in the city because it's more people in the city. Um, Okay. And at the time, um, now 
because of uh, as a result of gentrification, I noticed that the police there are there are more prisons are surrounding me. I, I've been got pulled over on Seven Mile one day because I had the a missing um, uh, blinker light, and I'd like, oh. I like I literally had the blinker in the car. I was like, I, did, I have to go have somebody put it in. But that's a big police presence when I remember when there was no. Nah, some I used to have parties on it back in the day. Yeah, that's what I mean. So it's, it's a lot different now. Yeah. And why is your affection so strong for Detroit? Well, my affection is so strong for De from Detroit. I will give that. I can. I I attribute that to my father. I believe I am a father's girl. My father is from the west side of Detroit. Well, he's actually lived in the Brewsters projects. And okay. then once they left the Brewsters, he somehow ended up um, on Atkinson and Claremont, uh, not far from um, Northwestern High School. Okay. So it's like all my family that I prefer were in Detroit because the family that my mother in her side, her father was biracial, and the, they, those people were different. I will say that. Gotcha. Um, some people say negative things about them, but I'm not going to go that way. I'm going to just tell you they're different, and I'm more city. Gotcha. And I prefer, I mean, I learned how to drive, you know, where I would drive to the city, you know, I was always in the city. Okay. Now you you went to Jolly Old Wayne. <laughs> well, Wayne. So I mean that is like it feels like the millionth school I attended. But uh, <laughs> oh, no. no, because I'm a professional student, even uh as recently as this uh the first semester of this school year I was added again. Um and that's another thing I will uh one advice when you ask that question, I will, mm -hmm. I will when you ask that question, I will um, elaborate more on that. Yeah, I know at Wayne State, so I was there for a while, so I kept changing my major. You definitely, they definitely made you broaden your horizon because I know when I was doing engineering, they definitely made you work in groups with different cultures so you can yeah. make each other. Yeah, they're good for that. And then it's because I went to school I worked on my ed specialist in my master's degree. And that and you are correct. Um, I was impressed about the group with uh, different people with different religions and ethnic groups. See the, the Muslim people praying six times a day and they have this, you know, special place where they would go. Mm -hmm. pray. And it, like I had teacher professors that were I had. A, I remember I had a German professor. And she spoke as many languages. And I realized that it's only Americans. We are the only, um, you know, country that are not required to learn um, multiple languages, more than one language. But now it's, this is when I started. Now we have to do it more and because it's, it's there. It's necessary. Because yeah, our country is a melting pot now. Everybody's here. So is there, it's everybody's here. But it's like, how is it we're not taught more than one language? They do teach Spanish once the students get into high school, but why not 
have that a part of the curriculum of foreign language even beyond that. Good point. Because you ain't got to do it in college unless the job field you're going in might require you to know that language. Even when I was in music, it was, you know, you had to take a language class or when I moved to business management. I knew people that did because they wanted to work overseas with China, other companies, countries like that. So they knew they wanted to know the lay of the land with the language. But Wayne definitely would teach you a lot in life and education. Stuff because they, they definitely have people but in front of you that are out there doing it. So you got that real world experience. So when you actually get your degree, you should be able to jump right in and make an impact. I give them that. Yes. Um, this is the point of the show where you market the guests, but I guess it might be a little different. Do you want to talk about mental illness? Yes. I want to um, speak on mental health awareness um, because my journey, um, I didn't elaborate when I decided to uh, switch from a uh, autistic children to those that are um, live with emotional impairments. And then I, I dug deep in that. Um, I could relate to that. I could identify that because I felt like um, my brother was dealing with the same issue. Okay. So then as I, I'm learning and I'm um, studying for emotionally impaired, so I'm learning about, I'm taking classes on these different diseases. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, different like schizophrenia, bipolar, uh, uh, uh hyperactive uh, AH, attention uh, attention deficit disorder things like that and so I, I noticed uh, it was a common uh, it was a common um, behavior it's a common trait among the people that were emotionally impaired so I I just chose to go with them okay. Well, I don't, I want to, I don't know. I lost my train of thought. No. Yeah. Cause I do want to elaborate because this is very important. So as I was saying, I learned about the different diseases. I learned about the disease such as schizophrenia, which my brother is, uh, he's diagnosed schizophrenia. The reason why I bring my brother up because right now today, I don't know where he is because the disease the, they, he suffered from voices in his head. So if you think about when a child, a student is in class and you're trying to teach that student, or in my case, working at a day treatment where there are not enough teachers, so they're using online instruction. And my students with um, that schizophrenic student, one of them, they get so, so frustrated um, because he's trying to decipher between the voices, those in his head, those before he talked, discussed with his family, before he came to school, and he has that, and it's just too much for a lot of the students. And they're tired. They really want to just give up and pass out. But service provider, I'm not one to remind you that you should sit up. You, know, you can do it. You know, even though, like um, it says in the Bible, it does not look that good, but it works for the good for those of us that love the Lord and are caught according to his purpose. So I just believe to keep that in mind. And I know that this student is going to be all right 
Now, I don't know how to make it all right, but I know how to help him make be successful no matter where he goes. And this particular student um, was uh, the, the, the district is stating that want to maybe uh, take him to another school, maybe a, a Drew transition center. Okay. Um, the, the reason this is the tricky part. The reason why the, he is uh, he happens to be schizophrenic along with cognitively impaired. So that's a challenge. You're dealing with a person that does not understand, doesn't have the cognitive ability. And then you suffer from emotional problems. So that means you're going to be mad. He gets so frustrated when he works on the ingenuity or the working and he gets bad grades or 10% on his uh, assignment, you know. And it's my job to help him not give up. And it's really hard to do that. He doesn't understand why he's getting those types of grades. But it's not your fault. We just have to teach them the way he learns. You have to learn, you have to know that student, be willing to work with that student, be willing to, even though he might smell bad, you know, put your mask on and mm -hmm. do what you got to do because it's more important that that student makes something of himself. Because if not, if that student doesn't have any success, if that student, he's a senior actually, but awesome. what will happen to that student when he goes out there? People are so cruel. And so, you know, they might hurt him. And it's not, we can see the, based on the statistics. It's amazing he's gotten to that, that to senior level though. That's he awesome. also lived in a other state. You know, each, each student has different um, situations and that's why we cannot uh, treat them all like cookie cutters and that's sometimes the struggles that i have because the district everybody feels like their way is the best way and so and they're gonna you know everyone is supposed to to try it their way but what about listening more to the person that's actually working with that student the person that's actually sitting down with that student um knowing what's going on at home what can i do it's like a my job is far way more far than just teaching. It's, yeah, it's be challenging. Like loving people and accepting them, even though and at home they might not get that same acceptance. Mm -hmm. You know, I have um I'm told that my car is going to be stolen almost every day because I had one of the alleged Kia boys in my class. And, you know, the students looking up how to steal cars, you know, on the internet. So these are the people I do. Uh -huh. Yeah, so it's, 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 it gets, it could be dangerous. So the best advice is to stay out the way. We do have um, self, you know, defense training classes, but we have to basically don't put your hands on a student because the, uh, the student will be okay. The teacher might seek, you know, yeah. Have some consequences. That's very challenging job. Y'all the superheroes. Mm -hmm. That's going. I actually want to do it because I knew some people that when I was doing engineering, if they couldn't be engineer, I'd be a teacher. Like, but you don't really like kid. So it's, it's, a, it's a job. It's a check. Like, but you do engineering. 
No, especially not, not coming from an engineer. There's no way that we can look at the uh, job and say, you know, we do this for the money. Um, I will say this since I have a few minutes. There, are, I made extreme sacrifices. Um, I took pay cuts. I took an almost over $25,000 pay cut Ooh. to teach at Detroit Public Schools. So, and at that point, when I did that, the first place I was uh, teaching was Turning Point. So the first year I taught Turning Point, at, worked at Turning Point, I had taken a $25,000 pay cut because it was something, because I had went with the EAA um, and then people didn't like me because of that. And some people did not agree with that. I'm not stating that I'm in agreement with the EAA either, but I was a teacher that was laid off and wanted to get back in the city. And if it wasn't for working for the Education Achievement Authority, I would not have been in DPS right now. Um, and I feel like the teachers that um, were actually hired in the EAA, they went, we had an extensive interview process. We had to write several papers. We were interviewed by um, professors from Harvard wow. University. So we didn't just get that money. It says extra money with extra responsibility. So we had long days. We had to go to school, you know, work year round. Mm -hmm. There were reasons why, you know, we got did what we did, but it was a money grab. Uh, it was unfortunate uh, the amount of money that was taken from the district. But look at God, because God brought DPS back and put a community district behind it. And now we we strong. DPS strong. That's true. That is true. He will fix it. He will fix it. And uh, yes, he will. And my dedication will never... I'm telling you, it was almost like, you know, I'm almost lose my house and things like that. Y'all got made the ultimate sacrifice. And so my heart is there. My passion is there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What has been your biggest challenge on this path? My biggest challenge on this path is being accepted. My big, biggest challenge on this path is having, because I had different managers, not managers, principals. Okay. So I had different principals. So since I've been at Turning Point, that school has seven different Turning Point, oh, seven different principals in six years. So it was, you have to, whenever it's a new principal, you have to learn their style of doing things and, so it, it was a challenge to try to accommodate everybody. And, um, but I feel like I did it. So I made it through, I'm still there. And the passion, like I said, is still there. And everybody had that different style. And I've met a lot of great people, um, a lot mm -hmm. of great people uh, that I can put on my resume, like our Dr. Adrema Caesar. Um, she is a, a wonderful um, mentor to me. And she helped me along the journey. She taught me so much, you know, as far as how to the professionalism and mm -hmm. to, you know, it's a, it's a bit large amount of professionalism that we have to maintain when we deal with these students. 
because if we're not professional, they're not going to be professional. <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah. I hear that. Shout out to second guest I ever had, Dion. He said, need to hear more of these stories, which is true because teachers, they do a lot, man. They do a lot for us. We need them. And the ones, especially ones that were called to do it, we definitely need them. And make sure they're being paid substantially to do the work. But it's a lot of work to help these type of kids. Well, I thought that um, being a classroom teacher, just being a classroom teacher, that would not give me enough autonomy to make the real a real change. So then I went back to school um, to in the general education and supervision. So I could one day have the endorsement to be a principal. And so that I'm not working on that. And but then I'm gonna tell you this. When I know the job, I don't know if I am up for the job. I feel like I would be good team player, like uh <laughs> okay, you know, because it's a, the job is tough. It's a lot yeah. of responsibility, and one thing I want to work with the kids. So once it's like when you become a principal, you work less with the kids. True and more with adults and so then that's like this is if it's not it's not about money for me because i'm blessed and highly favored so my family set me up so i won't have to you know be in that position so i can take that blessing and be a blessing to someone else so i can't i can work in detroit you know i can do that but even though the surrounding districts pay much more higher wages but we if everybody leaves who's going to be in in detroit or we have to keep detroit public yeah. strong that's true i'm surprised that the the wage ain't similar to other areas excuse me i'm surprised oh, the wage is not similar no it's it's, it's no for this coming up year dr vitti mentioned because I was blessed to be able to attend his um, first uh, school board meeting since post COVID. Okay. And so it was at EVPA and he did mention that because he, re he recognizes that the teachers have to be paid more, but because the COVID relief funding is over after June 30th, that funding is over. And they tried to do the best what they could. Um, he divvied up the funding the best way um, they knew it was going to run out. And so there had to be some changes made. Um, but one change was to have the teacher compensated more. But then, you know, it, it might hurt in other ways and other positions. But hopefully it's good for everyone. Mm-hmm. Because we, you know, people, you know, like, you know, steal things from you, you know, hurt you. Like, people still, um, they haven't stole my debit card or nothing. <laughs> Not like bragging, but it won't be there for you to steal it. But, you know, purses and things like that, because these children are asking, they crying out for help. You know, I saw one um, student, he was on Crime on the D, and he didn't even have a mask on. He has his full face on. Uh, like in the camera as he's robbing somebody, you know, or a store. So to me, that's a cry out for help. You want to be caught. And um, 
many take advantage of the fact that uh, they, a lot of adults put younger people to commit their crimes because they know they won't uh, get receive the same amount of punishment. And that uh, brought me into the career at the uh, uh, Lincoln Center in Highland Park. And that was a maximum security juvenile facility for all men. And um, that's when I learned there, they were people would pay somebody $150 to go shoot somebody, kill them, kill someone. And now you're in prison for like rest of your life. And wow. they might not, because they feel like, oh, they'll, we'll get somebody younger to do it so that, that they'll get less time. You so know. Yeah, it is unfortunate. And that's where the passion came from. I was like, oh, no, wait. No, guys, I said I have to give back to the public school so I can get to the students before they enter the juvenile facility. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like I worked at the day treatment. It could be it could be a step before to develop coping skills so you can transition back to your home school. Or okay. it can be the step before you go to placement or jail even worse. So we're trying to help guide them so that they will go uh, return back to their home schools. Go the right way. Yeah, because I was, I, that's what I, what I do. I try to get as many students out as I can because we, the school is ran um, using a, a point system. It's called Public Behavior Intervention Support, PBIS. Mm-hmm. And we use that system and it's a point system. And each kid, each class the student attends, how many, no, how many points did you get for the day? You have to be respectful, safe, and responsible. And if we have to run these things in, that's I spend my time to convincing students to earn all their points so they can get out of there and transition back to their home school. So. Wow. I'm learning a lot right now. In your words, what has been your impact on this journey so far? My impact on the journey so far is when students write me notes of appreciation. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. When they write it to me, um, I've had letters of students uh, writing to me. Um, uh, something like it, the day treatment is different if they behave themselves, <laughs> then you know they'll be good for you, you know, uh, make you smile, you know. They'll make you cry, but at the end of the day, you smile. And that what, that is what keeps me coming back. I'm going to be honest with you. It's a struggle every day. I mean, it's not easy. For the most part, I love it, but we have, I experience challenges. But the good outweighs the bad, definitely. But when that bad is happening, (laughs) you just don't know. But the good definitely outweighs the bad. I'm going to definitely add you all and your coworkers to my prayer list. We appreciate it. But but God's hand is over that uh, the God hand is over turning point because now we have a principal, and the principal used to be a teacher, so she's my colleague. So I worked with her. And so I was just, you know, was so grateful for that because now we have somebody that experienced what we experienced and now she can have a say. But the only drawback, she worked in the uh, the K through eight and not the high school. 
So okay. she relies on the lead teacher, but she chose a new teacher to be the lead teacher. But I've been the lead teacher at Turning Point for, uh, I think, three of the years that I've been a teacher there. Um, so I'm still, they still refer to me um, to give direction for some things. Okay. Yeah. And last question, what advice do you have for someone trying to find their purpose? Well, I believe in prayer. Um, I, 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 I believe in prayer. So just trust God. You got to walk by faith and not by sight. And just believe in prayer. Find, Figure out what do you care about? You know, what are you determined? So by any means necessary, I was going to become an educator. I didn't care. And this is, I didn't care about the money. What do you have a passion for? I didn't even know how much teachers made. I found out after the fact, but I still never deterred. Okay, so what you have to find your passion. What do you care most about? And then go with it and don't let people stop you. You know, we have these doubters and, you know, naysayers. Um, I'm suffering from um, a disability myself. Uh, like I was diagnosed with relapse and remitting multiple sclerosis and it's a challenge for me. Um, but I still work. I still strive. Like my mother only lived to be 41. So I'm living and I'm about to be 47 in July. So just having that yeah. determination, no better what, no, let anything stop you. Keep praying and let the haters hate. Let them talk about you. Go with what you know is best, what you ask God about. Nobody knows your discussion with you and God, but you and God. That's true. Amen. It's been a, <laughs> an awesome season finale and learning a lot. Yeah. I definitely want to thank fellow Wayne State University alum, <clears throat> special education service provider, Return to Point Academy at Detroit Public Schools Community District. Crystal Richards for sharing her story and enlightening us on a lot that I didn't know these type of schools we have and the work that's being done. You're, you're, you're awesome. We appreciate you. Thank you. You have fun? Did I have fun today? Uh -huh. I was nervous. I was nervous. <laughs> I was, I was I getting was like, oh, she she At the beginning, I was like nervous. I was like, uh, uh, uh. And then as I started talking, and then you notice how when I started talking about the mental illness part, that's what I'm passionate about. And then we got into, you know, school because my class, because that's what we're dealing with. So it was wonderful. I hope somebody can be enlightened. Oh, yeah. Definitely. David Allen, been a yeah, blessing to listen. Thanks so much. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I can see you speaking about this stuff, getting a speaking job as well, writing a book maybe. I can see those things. I think, I, you know what, I was thinking about that because I have I've started books several times. This ain't wrong, man. I'm like, I'm a book uh, but I think I need a writer because some of this stuff is uh, gotcha. depends on what I'm writing about. If it's something personal, if it's like an autobiography, I know I need a writer. Okay. But if it's not, I know I need a writer. <laughs> <You know? laughs> hey, somebody out there help me get it out there. 
Yeah, somebody helped, but I have started, definitely. I have the things I've written way back when I was at Dillard University in 1995 when we write on uh, pen and paper. Okay. So, yeah, I still have a, have them written since 1995, written in New Orleans. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed this season nine finale with another great guest. Season 10 premiere next Friday. Wow. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Okay, thank you. you. Have a nice night, and everybody enjoy their night. And check out Middle Ground, Ground Floor 1030. We talk about some other fun stuff. Till next time, everybody. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye. Detroit